family right here, so Thank give you. me some love. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. I almost, I, it was so tempting to show up in her getup from last week, because that would have really thrown you all, you know, and unfortunately, Shannon sent me a picture just a minute ago, and they're actually watching, so, you know, I kind of didn't want to, you know, rock the boat too much, you know, but it is really, um, it's an amazing privilege to be here. You know, we've, um, we've enjoyed Lake Haven. You all have been a blessing to us. You know, it's, it's almost 12 years ago now that we first set feet in this place. And I look back over that, and, and I, I was celebrating in, as I was reviewing memories from just the last three weeks. That's what prompted me to go back and think, wow, the last 12 years have been a great journey. Right, And I think about Lake Haven's part in that for us. And, you know, Shannon and Karen, I know you're watching because I I saw the picture of you there sitting in the beautiful Rocky Mountains and and watching us. And, you know, what I didn't know was going to happen. Well, let me back up. I suspected that what was going to happen is some great ministry connection and relationship. Right? As we came to Lake Haven 12 years ago, and I, 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 I expected to, to meet some great people, and, and we were coming to meet the mission pastor of Lake Haven, which was this, you know, this idea out there. I'd never met anybody. I didn't know who we were going to meet. And, you know, is this some high-powered dude or what's going on, you know? And you know what I didn't expect? I didn't expect to gain friendship. Right? I mean, not that I thought I wouldn't, but I didn't expect the gift that God gave me first in Shannon, you know, and, and since I've got the stage, I can say whatever I want, right? <laughs> By the way, T, I'm, I'm going to come back to what I was just saying, but thanks for starting to meddle in things, you know. Did, did you hear T say that even if you're in a bad situation that you caused, God still, I'm going to come back to that. Thanks, thanks for starting that meddling because we're going we're gonna to go there a little bit today. But going back to friendship, I'm just so grateful you know, that, that as we journey with God, we bump into amazing people, right? Because God just, he loves people. He loves us beyond what we can even begin to imagine. And as he is in our lives and in our hearts and he's working in us, we, we become beautiful because we're creating his image, right? And then we meet each other and iron gets to sharpen iron. And now I look around this room and I think, you know, there's a number of people here that we've, we've been in various parts around the, the world serving, doing missions work together. And Sandra and I have now had the privilege of being back here, you know, a number of times. In fact, this year we've spent six years here. Six months, sorry, it's this year. <laughs> this year we spent six. It feels like that. Does anybody else feel like the last, 12, or the last two years have just been like long? Anyway, we've spent six weeks total here at Lake Haven over this last year. We were here three weeks earlier and now three weeks uh, later in the year. And it's just been a joy. And thank you all for the wonderful welcome. We're, we're, we're leaving tomorrow, so I guess I'm kind of taking this opportunity just to say thank you. You know, the great conversations we've had and just the connections and the smiles. And it's just nice to know that you're loved, isn't it? You know? So it is really an amazing joy and a delight to be here. Um, you know, today, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to come into a church where, yeah, there's, there's friendships and there's relationships. But, you know, I'm speaking to you one time. This isn't a series. It's not several weeks. And it's, it's an opportunity. I'm not a voice that you're used to. And therefore, it's an opportunity for you and for me to connect with some things of God differently, right? And I, I think there's something powerful about that. And I just, I want today for you to, let's just begin by just open your hearts. We've just enjoyed an amazing time of worship. And I encourage you now, the Holy Spirit is here and knows what you're ready for. Now, did you notice that I didn't say what you need? Okay, that was strategic because I believe he knows what you need too. But you know what? More importantly, he knows this morning what your heart's ready for. And that's critical because, guys, there is something that, that just I'm becoming more and more passionate about. And, and I, I want to approach some things today along the lines of discipleship because I, I, I have this privilege of, of being in churches and interacting with people and, and seeing where they're at. 
but I also get troubled at times, <laughs> you know, because I, I travel, you know, in the United States and, and, and in other countries, and I, I see what's going on, and, and there's churches that maybe I'm in, you know, and over, you know, 10 years time, I'm in that church numerous times, and maybe I get to know some people, and when I see them 10 years later, they're, they're no different than they were 10 years back, and that's not okay, right? So I want you today to be encouraged. We're going to look at some scripture. And, and I want you to be edified, but I want you to be challenged. You know, I hope that today that I bring a word that the Holy Spirit then takes and, and that you and he together invest in your own heart and your own life. And that, that tomorrow you look different because of it. Because, you know, we've all joked, right? Oh, man, that was a great sermon. Oh, yeah, what did the pastor preach about? You know, this is at lunch after the service. Um, I know it was a great sermon. That, um, he used a scripture. He stood, on, he stood on the stage. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want that to be for you. I'm trying to use notes here, and people need to quit. Shannon, stop texting me during the service. No. <laughs> so I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be filled with what your heart is ready for because that is discipleship, right? That journey with God day in and day out. It's not just about attending, attending church or going on a mission trip once in a while. It's about a journey with our Father who loves us even when we create the mess. He's not bothered. He's not angry. He's not disturbed. He looks at you and he says, I love you. Let's go. But you know what? He needs you to be in on that. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, I think we're going to bring that up on the, on the uh, screen here. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, for whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, not yours, his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of what? To know his love, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Guys, that is the goal of the gospel. The goal of the gospel is love. The goal of the gospel is for you to be loved. Not just to know it, but to know it. Right? That you might know, as we just read, the fullness of him. In his glory, right? Guys, these are such powerful things. And, and you know, there's something here. I'm going to meddle a little bit. I, I'm going to meddle with you, and I'm going to meddle a little bit with our culture because I really believe that it's time that we take a stand, right? We're, we're, we're a little soft in our own lives. We're a little soft in our culture. You know, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I, I'm a native Coloradan, we call ourselves, Right? I, I, I was born in that state. I've lived most of my life in that state, and I'm embarrassed by some of what our politicians do and some of what our state stands for. Sometimes I, I, I feel like in my own state anymore, like I'm an alien. I don't belong, you know? I grew up in a Colorado that was, I, I was a country kid. I mean, I was on the farm, and, you know, I, the fun things to do were to play in the dirt, and, you know, and we have a dog that roams free. He doesn't have a fence. He doesn't have one of these electronic things that keeps him in. He runs free, and if you come onto my farmyard and you're not supposed to be there, he's going to bite you. Because he's supposed to. That's his job. And, and now the sheriff tells me, no, he can't do that. I'm like, what do you mean I can't do that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, there's a, maybe I need a medal in my, in my own heart. Maybe there's a little issue there with I don't want to be told what to do. But I think we've gotten soft. And this relates not just to culture and taking a stand, but it relates to us as disciples. 
guys, there, there's this thing out there, and I know it's not here commonly at Lake Haven, but there's this common thing that said, well, God's in control. No, he's not. He's not in control because he tr- chose to make you the one that's in control. His glory working in your being, right? I think maybe I'm supposed to take that personally. I think I'm supposed to actually recognize and admit that it's his love working in me, that God's done what he's going to do. He's done everything that needs done. And he's saying, come on, the river's flowing, jump in. And if I'm standing on the banks going, oh, that's a nice river, but I turn my back to it and I ignore it. Guys, I'm sorry, but a lot of Christians are doing that. I found myself doing that. And I think it's, it's healthy. You know, sometimes the, the things that are hardest for us are exactly what we need. You know, and I, I don't espouse to this idea either that God's bringing bad things into your life. He's going to teach you something, so he's going you know, to kill your dog. I don't know why dogs are the theme today, but he's going to do something to you to hurt you and to harm you because he can teach you a lesson through it. No, God is love. But sometimes, T, thank you again. When you're in those situations, often caused by yourself, he's right there. And you say, no, this is okay. Come on, we can get out of this. We can work this through and we can get there. And you know what we do? We learn things and we grow. Or we moan and we whine and we cry and we complain. Are the lights too bright? Maybe everybody left. I don't know. Maybe everybody left. You know, there, there's some interesting things. I, I chose, I could have chosen any number of things, but, you know, I think we need to watch for definitions to change. You know, because, like, like I, I put three words down here, inclusion, tolerance, and sovereignty. And, and I was thinking about, you know, how our world, and I, I started going there, that, you know, our, my state has so changed, and, you know, some of it is just, progress. You know, I, I, like I say, I grew up on a farm, very rural area, and it's not so rural anymore. You know, the population's grown, and some of that I really like because, you know, I do, I do enjoy the good coffee shops and that kind of thing that are there because of it, but, but my dog can't roam free like he used to, you know, and people tell me that, you know, I, I, need, to, I need to be inclusive. You know, they, they, they tell me I, I need to be tolerant, and, and they tell me that that God is sovereign and that that means he's fully in charge of everything, so everything that's happening is, is him. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, well, hold on. You know, and is it okay? Gosh, this is going out over the airwaves and everything, so I, you know, I'm, I'm going to meddle here for a minute. But I'm going to give you an example, and I hope I can unpack this enough that you hear my heart. And this is what I mean by, as a disciple of Christ, I need to be prepared and okay with taking a stand. So let me give you the example of bullying. In our culture right now, bullying is a big deal. It's unacceptable, right? I'm kind of, sorry, but I'm kind of standing back, scratching my head going, you know, thank you already. (laughs) I'm kind of going, you know, I, I think there's more going on here. You're telling me there's a big bullying problem. I kind of wonder if there's not another side to this. I wonder if maybe we haven't taught our kids to be so soft that they won't stand up for themselves. Now, I understand it's not okay to mistreat people. It's not okay for me to be mean. It's not okay for me to be a bully. But you know what? If somebody else thinks it's okay for them to do that, it's okay for me to stand up for myself. That's not a popular message today. And, and not only is that not popular in our culture, there's plenty of churches where I wouldn't have gotten an amen. Right? And so this is my point, guys. I think as disciples, we need to know God's view, God's opinion, and God's ideal in some things. And we need to be willing to stand in the middle of it, whether it's a cultural thing or in our own lives. So please understand, I am not saying that bullying is okay. I'm not. But I am saying we'd have a lot less bullies if some people would just stand up. Stand up for what is yours. 
If tolerance means I just have to bend to your will, to your idea, because you've got your truth, I'm sorry, truth is truth. You can't choose your own truth. Uh, sorry, there's a whole nother one. I, I'm, I'm not prepared to go there, but there's another one. There isn't some special unique truth. Sorry, T, but you can't have your own truth. Truth is truth, and truth comes from God. And sometimes there's truth that I don't like. Sometimes I'm reading my Bible, and I'm like, I don't like that, God. I don't like what I'm reading there. I don't like what right now you're saying to my heart, that I need to deal with that anger issue. You know, and that the truth is that not only should I not be angry, but I'm empowered not to be because I have the life of Christ in me. But God, that's going to, oh, that requires effort on my part. Oh, it is good, but it hurts because it means, you know, we have to be responsible. So remember, we're talking about discipleship here. And I don't think this life that Christ has invited us into and has freely given us it comes with a price. Now hear me, I'm not saying that the, the benefit, the value, the, the new creation life that comes into us at salvation has a cost. It doesn't, it is freely given. But at that moment, I am now empowered and infused with the very life of Christ and it should ooze out of every pore. It should show up in every business transaction. It should show up every day with my wife. It should show up in my parenting. It should show up in everything. It's not just, okay, I'm saved. Now I'll go to church once a week. Oh, that's so nice. Now I go in and do my thing all week. Uh-uh. So, you know, one of the things that we're all faced with, and, and actually I, I think this is kind of something that we've kind of culturally embraced at times anyway, but we've really seen it the last two years as hard times, right? Oh, these times are hard, you know. Well, okay. You know, almost 20 months ago, just to share my story a little bit, just as an example, um, Sandra and I had to make some really bold decisions. And, and it came on us really fast. And I, you know, I'm not here to discuss today what are varied opinions, because I'm sure there's lots of them, regarding what happened in January, February, and March of 2020 as a pandemic is unfolding and how our government responded and how our world responded. That's a whole of conversation I'm not going to get in. But I will tell you this. It caused circumstances that I didn't see coming. Okay? And at that moment, I looked at Sandra and I said, Sandra, do you, you realize that, you know, what we do as a ministry is plan short-term mission teams and send them all over the world. And do you realize our world's shutting down? At least for a time period, we didn't know how long. The, everything's coming to a halt and it's coming to a halt fast. I mean, weeks. I mean, every day things were unfolding. So... Sandra and I sat down. We're like, okay, what do we do here? We got, we've got to make some decisions. Suddenly, changes had to be made to budgets. Employees had to be laid off. 35-plus mission trips that were on the calendar had to be canceled, postponed at first, but within weeks we canceled them because it became evident this isn't, this isn't going to happen. Now, here's a big one, guys, and I did this one perfectly. Everything about what I'm about to share with you, I did without a flaw. I realized we're going to have to choose to fear or trust. I trusted 100% completely. I didn't falter. No. No. I acknowledged <laughs> that we're going to have to choose here because things are happening circumstantially that we didn't see coming and therefore didn't plan for, didn't expect, didn't know what to do with because it was all unfolding so fast. And we're going to need to choose to fear or trust. Now, I'd like to, I, I can say we did trust a lot. But I had to push the fear because, seriously, everything we had worked for for 20-plus years was shutting down. Didn't know what to do. Now, this one, I thought I could do this. <laughs> I've had several friends pass away. One of them you know, dear friend, missionary, Clint Wisdom, Costa Rica, passed away in the midst of all this, right? He was one of my best friends. 
also somebody had worked with intensely on the mission field. A couple others have died in this process. You get to choose. As a disciple, in these moments in life, you get to choose. Now, I started into this saying, you know, hard times, right? And that's kind of a mantra. And it makes sense right now because we're in a pandemic. But honestly, I think even before the pandemic, it wouldn't have been unusual to hear people say, oh, you know, it's just such hard times, right? So what I just shared with you, and obviously there's some emotion tied to it. it sounds like hard times, doesn't it? But stop for a minute and look objectively. Because like T said, whether we find ourselves in situations that are hard and difficult or not, and whether they're self-inflicted or not, circumstantially, God is with us all the time, right? So in some ways, yes, what I just listed, and I, I share our story as an example, and yeah, there's emotion tied to it. I, I hated laying employees off. I hated watching budgets disappear. I hated canceling mission trips that are valuable, you know, and important because people are hearing the gospel. And I hated seeing friends pass away. But you know what? Whether it's that story or whether everything, if I could have stood here, no pandemic, no friends dying, and I could have st stood here and told you a story of, you know, everything going well and budgets growing and adding employees and more mission trips, if that had been my story, God wouldn't have been any better. So as a disciple, I have the opportunity to trust or fear. I have the opportunity to look at my story and say, oh, this is a hard time, heartbreak story. Or can I look at it and say, well, hold on. God's still God. Wait a minute. God still loves me. And I know, I give my story as an example, but I know there are worse stories than this one that could be told in this room. Harder stories. Heartbreak. Some of you have, have had things in life that I can't even hardly connect with because it, it's so painful, so horrendous, so difficult compared to what mine's been. But that being what it is, we are not to be, as disciples of Christ, circumstantially driven. I hope you're grabbing that a little bit because it's kind of a big deal. And I think if you were real and honest with yourself, you might stop and go, oh, I've been letting some circumstances be my driver. I've been letting some circumstances be the thing that held my joy or lack thereof my finances, my health, my peace, my confidence. Guys, I lost a lot of confidence this last two years. Everything I'd worked on and was going well just disappeared. Well, that's kind of hard, right? And you kind of start going, well, maybe, maybe I'm just done. You know, maybe that ministry gig's over. But nope, because the story may look like you know, and the circumstances may look like something, but am I being objective as a disciple? Am I looking at truth? I love this. Here's a quote from a book I read recently, and it says, Google offers quick answers to any query we might have, but wisdom is not found in getting quick answers. Yeah, and as quick as possible, right? We love that. It's more often about the journey, the bigger picture the questions, the complications along the way. Google's speedy delivery of answers is efficient. I'll certainly give them that, and I like it. <laughs> but it's not nutritious or enjoyable for our souls. It's like treating food only as fuel and forsaking the value of slowly making and enjoying a meal. Now, this is not a statement against Google. Oh, my goodness, just the other day I looked up something, and, oh, it was nice to have that information. And, oh, man, we left here last Sunday and went to the Space Coast, and Google guided me there, and I, it was so at ease and peaceful, and it's just great. But the attitude of I need everything quick, and I need everything efficient, and I need everything fast, and I need everything, you know, right now. How about that marinating? How about that saying, you know what? This circumstance is not great, but that's not the end of the story. And how about I look at that? 
So it took me a few months, you know, as I share my story and as I look at things, I, it took me a few months to, you know, let that, that marinating and that, 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 that transitioning happen and, and to realize that what life had looked like for 20 plus years didn't look like that anymore and it's okay. You know, guys, I, I mean, so just to bring it down real simple, Sondra and I wouldn't have been able to spend three weeks with you guys earlier this year. I believe it was in March that we were here for three weeks. And then this last three weeks, we wouldn't have been able to do that if we had been still doing a you know, frantic pace of mission trips. What a delight that's been. What a privilege that has been, right? So my point is circumstances are not the end of the story. And, and as we look at things differently and as we say, God, man, we just sang it, all is well with my soul. Amen? So how do you look different? You know, if, and, and I honestly ask you this. If you're not just a convert, now I say just a convert, my goodness, I want everybody on this earth to be a convert, right? I mean, convert, accept Christ, let his life flow into you. I want everybody to have that, but I want you then to take the journey on to being a disciple. Because what does life look like then? Right? That's a beautiful moment. That moment that, that the kingdom of God becomes yours, right? The life of Christ floods into you and everything changes. But what about the journey of being a disciple? And I just had some fun. I thought, well, how, how do you look different? You know, if you're a disciple, you probably make better decisions. You probably have less financial debt, particularly. Oh, remember, we're not looking for Google here. We're not looking for quick. I'm talking about as a disciple over a course of period of time, look back and say, maybe I love people more. Maybe my relationships are healthier. And I realize for all of us, there's going to be different things. You know, some of us don't ever struggle financially, but we do in this area. Somebody may struggle with relationships, but not with this, right? I mean, for all of us, there's, there's ebbs and flows. And for whatever reason, because of family history and background or whatever thing, some things are just flow better for us, right? But all of us can probably look at something here and say, yeah, you know, because I'm a disciple, this tough area has improved, right? Maybe you have more joy as you truly walk as a disciple with Christ. Maybe you have more peace, more confidence, more wisdom, more self-awareness. See, that's a good thing, being self-aware. Less sin. I like that one, don't you? You know, I mean, it's so cool. Can we pull up John 3.16? I don't know if I put that on my list for you, but if you could pull that up for me. I know, you know, sometimes there are scriptures that just become so commonplace, right? And this is one I think that probably is the one that is the most at danger for that among the body of Christ because if you've memorized any scripture, you've probably memorized this one. But just, just look at this with me just for a minute. For God, okay, let's stop. I'm going to have to be careful here because I could keep you all afternoon on this, on this one verse. So first of all, this is, this is his deal. Okay? For God. This, this wasn't anyone else's idea. This is God's idea. So, oh my goodness. Not just he did, but he so loved. Gosh, you, I mean, this is, see, this is what a disciple does. Steve, can I use you as an example? You were, you were late to the men's meeting uh, for a reason. Can I, can I share that? Do you remember why? <laughs> so Steve had a moment yesterday morning that he shared with me, and it was just a moment where he and God connected. And there was something. God gave him a picture, I believe. I may get some of this wrong, but God gave him something that touched his heart. He was needing to come to the men's meeting here yesterday morning. That was, that was his charted course. But he had this moment. And you know what he said to me? He said, I realized that this was an important moment, and I needed to soak in it for a minute. I don't ever hear that in our culture right now. Everything is fast and furious and be there on time. And, you know, but he stopped. He said, I, I wanted to stop and soak there for a minute and let it get in. You know, let it get in my heart. Let it be a part of me. That's important. So when you look at a scripture like this, oh, wow, where'd it go? <laughs> Are you all seeing it? 
For God so loved the world that he gave. Oh, man, I could, I'm running past words here that I'm like, man, as a disciple, you could seriously spend the next month just take each word and unpack it. But he loved, so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Oh, my goodness, there's so much. Like, for example, a big piece of the body of Christ believes that this scripture says that he did this so that no one should perish but have forgiveness of their sins. There's a lot of the body of Christ that believes that's what this verse says, and it doesn't say that. This is why I encourage you to stop and slow down and pay attention because what he's saying is so much richer and deeper and full of meaning. And I just give this to you as an example of this is what a disciple does. He says, wait, what are you saying to me here? What are you saying? Yes, our sins are forgiven because Jesus was given as the sacrifice because God so loved us that whoever in this earth chooses to can receive eternal life. Forgiveness of sins is a piece of that, but if you take the time to unpack it and let the richness and the depth, and I can't do it here this morning, but for you as a disciple, do it. Unpack it. Dig into it. Find out what does this mean? I'm not, I should not perish. What does that mean? What does it mean that I'm no longer perishing? Because I made this choice. I'm one who believes, so I no longer perish. What does that mean? Unpack it. Work it through. Sit with it, develop it in your heart, and then what does it mean? I have eternal life. What's that mean? Get in there. I know your pastor is going to stand here and he's going to he's going to share good stuff with you and take it in. But then go home and take more in. Let it work in you. I want to do something here, um, if if you'll humor me here for a minute. First of all, I would like to thank the, the worship um, band or whatever you group, whatever you call yourselves. You guys are wonderful. <laughs> I remember we've been at Lake Haven during some of the times when, you know, video and canned music was having to be used. And God, praise God we have those options. But you guys are incredible. So wonderful. Um, so the, <laughs> right? So I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but they, they did a couple of times today. I did not ask them to do this, but they had us sit several times. They had us just sit. Nothing was being said. We were just sitting. I don't know about you guys, but I have a hard time just sitting. I like to move. Have you noticed? <laughs> I haven't, have I stood behind this at all? <laughs> you know, I like I like to move. I like action. I like I like to be doing things. So to to be still and know. Oh, right there, oh, guys. Yeah, come on. Be still and know that I am good. That's for you. That's not just a fluffy scripture. It's yours. Bring it in. See, this is where a disciple has to say, okay, I, I need to be, resp- not need to be, I want to be. I want to be responsible to this. Guys, it, it will if influence everything. You'll be a better employee, a better employer. You'll be happier, more at peace. You'll be growing. Oh, do you remember how many... <laughs> Some of you will remember it because you're in the middle of it. Some of us are long past it. But do you remember when you were a teenager and you were growing? You remember those, those time periods where you were growing really fast? It hurt. You know, those joints hurt. And, you know, because everything was being stretched. And, you know, I haven't been to one in years, and I don't intend to be to one. But if you happen to go to a gym, I think... <laughs> I think, can somebody tell me, I think there's, I don't know, there's things you lift and stuff, I think, I don't know, anyway. I, there's crazy people that go to these places, and they, yeah. I don't do that, but I will go out and cut firewood and move dirt, and, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, that hurts, right, that muscle's been stretched, and, I mean, can you see it, you know, wow, it's, it's, you know, you, you stretch that thing, and it hurts, right, growth hurts. 
So it's okay to do those things that are hard, is my point. So here's what I want you to do for a minute. If you're a disciple, if you are a disciple, it's because you've chosen to be, right? If you've made that choice, here's what I want you to do for a minute right now. I want you to think about, because probably everybody has something. I want you to choose something right now in your life that is a, a spot where you're like, you know, I bet you, I bet you that could be different. Now, for some of you, you grab something immediately because you've got something so painful that, you know, that you're like, man, it's, it's this right here. For some of you, you might have to work this just a little bit, but to just think about, find one area for me, if you would. One area that you're like, as a disciple, I want to experience the life of God in that area because I think there's more for me there. Be intentional. Be purposeful. Are you doing that? Are you, are you thinking that through? Find, find something. Is there anybody? How many people? You got, you got something? Let, let me see. Okay, I'm seeing. All right. So find something. Now, here's what I want you to do for me. I want everybody to close your eyes. I'm not going to pull any tricks. I want everybody to close your eyes, and I'm not going to tell you how long, but we're just going to sit for a minute, okay? I'm going to, I'm going to stop saying anything, and I want you to just picture that, that thing, that, that situation, that circumstance, that piece of your life, and I want you just to picture that thing with your eyes closed. I want you just to sit with that right now with God. Now, you can, you can do whatever you want with this. You can ask him, God, how do you see this? God, what am I missing here? God, what can change? Just, just lay it before him in whatever way you want to. And we're just going to sit quiet here for a little bit. Open your eyes. My hope is that in doing that little activity that maybe a couple of things happened for you. First of all, it is really good for us just to slow down enough to go, okay, what in my life isn't working? You know, and sometimes it's so blatantly obvious we don't need to slow down at all. But sometimes there might be those areas where you've just gotten used to it and you just put up with it. And it's an area where God's saying, this can be different. I hope the other thing is, is, and I, I'm not going to ask you to, I guess if you want to, you can, you can be honest with me here, but I'm not going to force you to. But did that get uncomfortable? Did, was it starting to feel maybe a little bit? You know how long that was? 30 seconds. Right? That was only 30 seconds. And I just think there's something powerful in this fast-paced society. And guys, don't get me wrong. Praise God for Google and cell phones. And they really are a blessing to our lives. But there's so much noise, right? There's so much going on that it, 30 seconds can get uncomfortable. I was even, I, I'm up here. I, I knew we were going to do this. I knew how long we were going to go. And I'm up here and my fingers uh, started you know, doing this thing, because I'm like, I need to count faster. <laughs> I need to get this 30 seconds done. So I know, you know, it, that slowing down, and I think a couple of things happen. We, you know, we're, we're asked at that moment to get vulnerable, you know, to, to lay something before God and say, God, I, I, I need help here. Even that action can, you know, can be uncomfortable maybe, you know. For you, the experiences are going to be different, but my encouragement is, as a disciple of Christ, as one who is filled with the life of Christ, as one, as we read earlier in this message, that 
his glory, his, his position towards us, and literally in our being, we are to experience his glory, which is his power and his, his, his life in us. And we read in John 3.16, we could go to John 10.10 10 as well, where we read that his life is literally in us, and it's not just in us, it's in us with such abundance that it can't be maxed out. Can you imagine having a debit card that you cannot use up? You, can you imagine if you were given a debit card and your ch the challenge was go use this as much as you can use it. Get that thing hot, man. Get that thing on fire because you'll never use it up. You can't. You cannot physically spend enough to, to use this account up. Can you imagine that? That's what you have with the life of Christ. It literally is in an account that can never be drained, which our minds can't even. I know some of you are sitting there now just like me going, oh, man, that is so cool. But we can't even really comprehend the depth, the height, the width, the, the immensity of the life that we have in him. It, it's incredible. So I'm going to begin to, to, to close this just with, with taking this thought once again that I just want to propose to you today that it's time to take a stand. It's time to stand up in your own life. Stop complaining. Stop moaning. Stop griping. Stop talking about how hard times are. You know, and I am not talking about, I find it so silly. Sandra can tell you, I find it so silly that we as Christians think it's a good idea to go out and boycott things, right? Oh, this company stands for something I don't agree with, so I'm going to go boycott it. And I am sorry, I don't mean to offend anyone. I'm just saying I don't like the us versus you rhetoric. I don't like the idea that we think we're solving something by doing something so temporal as not buying an item from a massive company that's not even going to notice it, right? I propose that we do something different. I propose that we stand up for truth. You know, that we not be bullies by any means at all, but that we stand up for ourselves. And when someone does try to silence truth, that you just stand up. And in the love that is so infused in you because of the life of Christ, stand up and say, wait, hold, hold on. I don't think that's right. And here's what I do see or what I do think. And here's why I think that. Don't sit back. Don't let circumstances either, you know, be the thing that drive your life. Stand up. Take a stand. If there's something you don't like, if there's something, um, sorry, T, I keep, you know, you were trying to preach my message up here, my friend. But, you know, T, T made the comment, you know, what was it you said? Did you say, you said something? No. What really, seriously, where was I going? I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said anything at any rate. It'll come back to me. I'll get it here in a minute. But take a stand. Stand up for what is true and right. I know what it was. If it's good, it's God. If it's stealing, killing, and destroying you, again, John 10, 10, right? Then it's not God. Stand up. Stand up. Do what it takes. Go, be a man of, of God. Be a woman of God and take a stand. You know, Galatians chapter 5 says, I love this. And I think this is partly an American thing in me. Galatians 5.1, it was for freedom that you were set free. So do not, under any circumstances, go back under that yoke of slavery. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. He set you free so you could live. Yeah, he had to deal with the sin issue, but what he was way more interested in is setting you free to live. That's standing up. That's taking a stand. That's being a disciple. In Matthew 5, 15, it says, So let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. See, it's okay for people to see good works in you, for you to be, see you be a good boss. For you to be a good citizen, you know, for you to stand up for something that's important, to stand up and speak truth, to stand for something that's holy and healthy and good, they need to see you do that. Stand up. You know, it's so interesting to me. You know, if y'all would laugh at me, if, if we turned all the lights off for just a second, don't, don't do it, but if we turned all the lights off for a second, 
And we turned them right back on. And then I asked you to stand up, go chase the darkness out. The lights are on. Have you ever had to chase the darkness out of a room? You know, the light's on, the darkness flees, right? So stop trying to boycott things. Stop trying to do these little fluffy things that don't change anything anyway. And stand up, turn on the light, stand for truth. Speak what is true and right, and the darkness will flee. You know, don't, I mean, I, I just think we get bothered about things. I, I don't care, you know, the whole pandemic thing. I don't care if there were people that were, you know, orchestrating things, whatever. Stand up. You are have, you're full of the life of Christ. You're created in his image. And just as it said in Matthew 5, so let your light shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify the Father. That's turning on the light. Stand up, take a stand, be a disciple. You know, a great definition of grace is God's ability working in you. You're not asked to stand up on your own. You're not asked to live this life of Christ in you on your own. You're not on your own ever. Grace is God's ability working in you. And you know what? God, grace is opposed to performance. It's opposed to works. It's opposed to anything that me, you know, is you trying to get something from God that he's already freely given. Grace is opposed to that. You are who you are because God loves you. But grace is not opposed to discipline. It's okay to be disciplined. It's okay. I heard the word a minute ago from this side. Be a good steward during the offering. It's okay to be disciplined. I know we don't like that. <laughs> you know, it means we have to be responsible. The real strength of a good soldier. This was written by Jonathan Edwards nearly 300 years ago. The real strength of a good soldier is simply the steadfast maintenance of a holy calmness. Sustained amidst all the storms, injuries, wrong behavior, and unexpected acts. Boy, we've had lots of unexpected acts in the last couple of years. And events in this evil and unreasonable world. 300 years ago, he was recognizing this is an evil and unreasonable world. It just is. So stand up. Stand up with a maintenance of holy calmness. The scripture seems to intimate that true fortitude consists chiefly of this. He that is slow to anger is better than he that is mighty, and that he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Proverbs 16, 32. So I propose to you that could it be that in all times on this earth, there has been and will be trouble, and that we, like all men, should light our lights and shine and enjoy the beauty of the life that Jesus paid a dear price to give us. I suggest that this is so. Yes, there are hard times. Yes, you have pain points in your life, some of them pretty major. Our dear friend, she may even be watching or may watch the service, but our dear friend Renee Wisdom, missionary that you guys support, her husband Clint, the one that passed away earlier this year, she's got some heavy stuff. But God's God, and God is good. No matter what you're facing, you as a disciple can stand up and navigate through it. Draw near to God with confidence. Know that you are loved, that you are important, and that you matter. That's being a disciple. So church, rise up. Church, be strong. Lake Haven Church, be a light shining in this community. Members of Lake Haven Church, people in this room today, those that may watch, be a light shining in your family. Be a light shining at your place of work or your place of business. Be a light shining for that, that person that, that is the check, uh, you know, at, at a grocery store or whatever, that they're checking you out. Be kind, be loving, be truthful, be the light to them. Stand up, be a disciple. Don't live by your circumstances, but live by the life of Christ in you. Amen? You know, we have um, a couple of prayer teams. I believe there will be one on each side. And I understand, you know, you, I've gotten some great amens and so forth. But I also understand there may be people here that are just like, man, I see it. I see the scriptures. I see the truth. But life's just heavy. You know, things can be hard. I get it. And we don't need to do this alone. First of all, we have God in us. 
But secondly, we have each other. And these prayer teams that, that will be here on each side, these guys are there not because they have to be, but they want to be, and they love you. So if this message was heavy for you, I don't want it to be heavy. It's okay if it's a big eye-opener, and, and, and if it's heavy from that standpoint, that's fine. But don't let it be a burden that you, you, you can't carry. Come up, have them, have them pray with you, have them encourage you. And, and, and of course, you know, I'm catching a flight tomorrow. So if you're mad, come talk to T tomorrow. But, <laughs> but seriously, you have an amazing staff here, um, but you have each other, right, to draw on. So I'm not pretending that all this is easy. But I am saying it is possible to be an amazing disciple, to stand up, to infect our community with God's goodness and light and make a difference. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, T, anything else to close us out or go ahead and... Well, hey, let's, let's give these two an awesome hand for the last couple, two or three weeks. And uh, praise the Lord. Thank God for you all so much. It's been such a pleasure just getting to know you all for myself and Stacy and I over the past few years and uh, we just thank God for that and um, uh, as Seth said you know those maybe you don't know Jesus as Lord that's that's super important uh, that's that's the biggest decision that you could make maybe you said you know I'm, I'm tired of being sick and tired of just being sick that's the first big step accepting him as Lord and uh, so make that step as we all stand uh, as he as he Seth mentioned it's no need to walk out those doors without hooking up with someone that wants to be in agreement with you to get what the father has already provided so they're here up front for whatever need uh, that you have that you want them to pray with you for and agree with don't walk out those doors you know this life even if we live to be 120 years old it's not worth living if we're going to live it day by day just miserable after all jesus has done for us so as seth mentioned there's a choice we have to make that choice so you know we're blessed as children of god and uh if no one encourage you encourage yourself in the lord Amen. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to be together as family. And um, we just give you praise and glory that we do have the victory in you, Jesus Christ. You've done all you have going, you're going to do. So we choose to step into what you've already done and provided. We love you. Thank you. Amen. Go in victory, y'all. Go in victory. Y'all pray for us, the youth. We're all going to, uh, well, I'm just joking. I shouldn't say it. We're going ice skating this afternoon. We're going to have some fun. So pray for me and Miss Stacy. Don't pray for the youth. No, we're going to have a good time. Yes. Everything in place. Amen. Praise the Lord.